Rachel is really affected by this. Um, and in, in like a, per- like, let's get personal. I'm going to hurt who did this, who is responsible for this. Um, because they're all aware at some point that this whale was beached to further whatever is happening. Um, yeah. And, and so she takes it personally. Um, uh, Tobias dives down to acquire the whale, but he, his talon gets caught on like a barnacle. Um, the others as seagulls, uh, fly around to kind of make a diversion and Rachel just fucking bodies Tobias to knock him off the whale. I do like the exchange they have and she's just like, I'm sorry, my guy. And he's just like, yeah, <laughs> this is going to suck. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, they get him off just in time, uh, to avoid a rock thrown by Tom. Um, uh, they're all aware that, like, Chapman and Tom probably know that these are the Animorphs here, but, like, they can't do anything because they're in public. Um, and so they fly out, uh, towards the open ocean. Um, uh, they flap, they fly for about an hour. Um, and we get a, a good description of the ocean again here. Um, uh, the ocean is always intimidating, but when the sun sets and darkness rolls across the waves, you can't, you just can't help but be awed and abashed and a little frightened of it. Millions and millions of cubic miles of water, 20 miles deep in some places, stretching all around the planet, touching every continent, most nations, home to tens of millions of species, everything from the submicroscopic to the immense. You feel small beside a whale, insignificant. Then you realize that a whale is insignificant in the ocean. And then you're flying over the bare fringe of that ocean, flying over a mystery that puny homo sapiens may never fully understand. And you feel your own smallness, your utter weakness, and it's like a lead weight on your chest. There's nothing you can say to the ocean, no mercy to be begged, no deals to be made. If we were weak or careless or stupid, it would smother us, crush us, bury us forever in miles of black, black water. Um, Tobias shakes Rachel out of her musing, um, just wanting to ask how she's doing. Uh, and he, he almost intuitively understands what she's thinking about because he says, uh, after a moment, big, isn't it? Yeah, it's large. Too big for all my bravado. And I was going down into its very heart. Like a lunatic, I'd cheated in order to face it first. Now I was dragging poor Tobias right along with me. And I was supposed to like him. Uh, they land in the ocean. Um, and one at a time, they demorph and remorph, uh, to dolphin for the kids who didn't get the whale and to sperm whale for Tobias and Rachel. Um, morphing sperm whale is not, uh, particularly fun. Uh, we get actually <laughs> some good reflections on how morphing is really unpredictable and how mm-hmm. you can't, unless you're Cassie really control how it happens and what changes so we do get this description of rachel's head just getting really big (laughs) yeah 
It's just it's it's just incredibly good. Yeah. And because it's a normal human head still, uh, she doesn't have the buoyancy either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just starts sinking with this massive fucking head um, <laughs> before enough of the more finishes for it to not be a problem. But just, mm-hmm. holy crap. <sighs> yep. Yeah, it is it is a disturbing and funny mental image. Yeah, it's um. just like, she's sinking, her buoyancy has not adjusted, she has dense human tissues. I do not. Which is <laughs> <laughs> just amusing um but we get this uh as rachel fully finishes the morph of the uh instincts of the whale and um now she can feel the water rippling senses the joy of the dolphins and a deep thousand generation old kinship with my live sleek brethren my instincts were sure calm confident i had no fear no questions. I asked for nothing. I explained nothing. I drew a deep breath, expanding my lungs to their full capacity and dove, arching my dorsal hump and flipping my triangular fluke into the air. The ocean was no longer a cold and host- hostile place. It was home. I, d- I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, fires off an echolocation. Notices a large creature, just like Rachel. And Tobias is like, Rachel, I sure hope that's you. It's <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Um, and this is something that comes up later is the echolocation on Wales is very powerful. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Rachel and Tobias have safely morphed. Um, and yeah, the two of them do like a leap out of the water and it's very cool and good. Um, and Jake's like, okay, that was cool. <laughs> um, Mark's like, I want to be a sperm whale. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Jake's just like, okay, no, TikTok, we need to stay on track. Um, and then Tobias and Rachel take some air in and prepare to dive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they descend uh, into the depths of the ocean. Um, eventually, they get to total darkness. Um, they can still, quote-unquote, see with their echolocation. Um, and uh, Tobias and Rachel have a brief conversation about uh, how each of them did their research uh, hey, Rachel, did you know that not only do sperm whales eat squid, but some people think squid eat sperm whales? Tobias said helpfully. <laughs> no one really knows what giant squid eat, I said, except for the fact that they're cannibals. <laughs> oh, good. Well, we both did our research. Yeah, I feel so much better now. <laughs> um, uh, uh, she recalls the image of uh, the giant squid that she looked up in the encyclopedia. Um and it occurs to her that she doesn't know how the whales kill the squid, uh, but she can certainly imagine how the squid kills whales. Um, mm. uh, but they keep just, diving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we get this moment, uh, just after a bit, um, Tobias like, so Rachel, what's new? <laughs> uh, clearly just trying to break the tension, because mm-hmm. like... And Rachel just blurts out, well, a guy named TT asked me to go to the movies with him. 
And then immediately it's like, why did I say that? <laughs> um, and then we just get this little bit of interplay between Tobias and Rachel. Like, TT, huh? What does that sound for? Troubled teen, total turmoil, terrible trauma, <laughs> rejecting much. <laughs> Tobias, like, sarcastically. I don't know, and I don't particularly care. I shot back. Tobias said, well, you should care if you're going out with him. Tobias said, well, if I was, then I would. I said, oh, why aren't you going out with him? Why do you want to know? I don't. I'm just making conversation. We can't exactly tell on the TV and veg out. Well, if you don't want to know, then I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and... um and Tobias tries to continue the conversation. Um, but she doesn't want to talk about TT and she doesn't want to tell Tobias why she hadn't accepted the date. This really isn't the time. And she changes the subject. Mm -hmm. Just like, okay, so how are we even meant to catch this squid? Yeah. Uh, uh, don't think about how Tobias immediately accepts that Rachel would be going out with this new boy because he's human and not Tobias. Also, without judgment, the only uh -huh. thing he's judgy about is the name. And TT uh -huh. is a stupid name. It is. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Tobias, my dude, my 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 son. Please, <laughs> you two need to accept that you love each other. <laughs> um. Mm -hmm. No, instead they're doing this weird dance, even though they both know. Tobi Tobias decided to go dive as a sperm whale with her. Uh-huh. But, uh, but of course he would have no reason to want to know why, like, what the fuck happened with this other dude. Like, <laughs> words. <laughs> Words fail us. Ugh. Um. um but, but yeah. Yeah. So they're like, they do a an echolocation scan. Uh, Tobias like, hey, I'm being a predator. They're like, because they don't know how they're gonna find it or hunt it. Mm -hmm. And Tobias is just like, I hate this. This is not the way to hunt. Um. Mm -hmm. And then they sort of figure out that um, Rachel. They can, they can, you yeah, know, it is, it is Rachel that figures mm -hmm. out that they can, if it's true that they can stun with their echolocation, mm -hmm. um, towards a, some smaller squid that mm -hmm. are nearby. Um, and it does, uh, it is effective. They sort of like get stunned, they sort of like stop in place. Um, but they realize at that point that, um, they're starting to feel the pressure. Um, they need to, um, maybe head up soon mm -hmm. um but they decide to spread out do a little bit more searching um because they need to also find the ship but uh they uh eventually surface uh as they do so they realize oh we have a moment where <laughs> it seems to take too long to get to the surface and rachel uh starts panicking mm -hmm. um We'd been down too long. We'd never reach the sky again. We were going to die in darkness to sink and sink back into the cold, lightless, low, life, lightless, lifeless ocean floor, buried alive in water. Yeah. 
that that Johnny Sims knew what he was talking about with the vast, huh? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but they make it up to the surface. Um, the others are nowhere nearby, which makes sense because it's really hard to stay like swim directly down and directly up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, both both of them are miserable. Um, they do not want to do this again. Um, because diving down through the darkness together was horrific, but then splitting up to search on their own. Uh, was even worse. Um, but Rachel doesn't want to go back to the others and tell them that they're giving up. Um, uh, like we can't go back and tell them that we failed because at that point, Jake would have them all go back to the beach. Um, and then Jake and Cassie or Marco would acquire the whale and then come all the way back here. Um, and then they would have even less time to do what needs to be done. Um, which basically means that they just, Rachel and Tobias have to try again. Um, this is so not fun, Tobias said. Yeah, I know. Sorry I got <laughs> you into this. Oh, shut up, he said tolerantly. Let's go. Down again, down and down and down into the water like ink. Uh, ten minutes down, they split up again. Um, and then, uh, Rachel finds a giant squid. 60 feet. Uh, and she calls out to Tobias, but, uh, doesn't necessarily get an answer. Um, which is bad because the squid, uh, is aggressive immediately. Um, she's not only fighting the squid, but also fighting the whale. Um, because the whale wants to kill and eat the squid, um, whereas they need the squid alive. Um, and uh, then she time. gets... Yeah, yeah, bad time. Um, and then Tobias, uh, she hears Tobias saying that he thinks he found the Pemolite ship. Um, she tells him that she found the squid. Uh, and then she fights the squid and is fucking losing um because it it comes on uh too fast and too close for her to really do anything um it immediately attaches itself all to her um and uh like restricts her ability to use her tail um the analogy is imagine a fight between a gymnast, small but with full use of arms and legs, and a 300-pound linebacker who can only use his mouth. Um, the squid uh, is locking her up, and now she's sinking. Um, and she is terrified, um, because at some point she's going to sink too far for the whale to survive the pressure, um, and that would be it. Um, uh, she tries to paralyze the squid, but with her echolocation, it doesn't really work. Um, uh, and her own body at this point is kind of blocking it, uh, from her, her clicks. Um, and then Tobias shows up, um, and he fucking paralyzes the, 
squid with his own echolocation um, and uh, basically takes the fight on himself. Um, Rachel has used up too much air, so she has to get to the surface. Um, and he tells her to go, that he'll be right behind. Um, I wanted to stay. I should have stayed. If the squid killed Tobias. No choice. Um, and Tobias yells at her to go, and so she goes. Um, as she nears the surface, she runs into Cassie. Um, and she makes it with Cassie's help to the surface. Um, Cassie urging her on. Um, and Cassie asks where Tobias is. And Rachel says that he's down fighting the squid. And she says she has to go back. She has to help him. Um, and is insistent that like, no, I really need to go back and help him. Uh, even though everyone else is basically like, no, you're hurt and clearly exhausted. Um, but then, uh, Tobias shows up anyway. Uh, thanks, but no help necessary. Uh, of course, just me and my squid. Ha, hawk or whale, there is no prey I can't take down. Coming up, looking at, look out above. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and Rachel makes a I joke did. about gonna, going to eat it. <laughs> and Tobias is like, no, I didn't just go for all this trouble just for you to kill it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do love that uh she's just like, okay, we just need to uh get in place. She's just like and she just rips off mm-hmm. uh one of this uh oh, technically bites off uh one of this tentacles. After this giant squid goes to like slaps her with a tentacle, so she bites it off. Mm-hmm. Um but uh between uh her and Tobias they're able to have the squid like pinned mm-hmm. uh helpless so everyone can acquire them off. Yep. Um thankfully the squid responds normally to being acquired and chills the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but everyone acquires the morph. Um and then Rachel morphs back to sperm whale and takes the squid far enough away and releases it. <laughs> the thing is just like just I am off. out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this shit, I'm out. Like it just like I'm done. <laughs> um uh and they all morph squid. Um they only have two hours and seven minutes left until ten PM. Um uh and we get another great gag about hour minutes. Um <laughs> two of your hours and seven of your minutes acts they're everyone's hours and everyone's minutes my hours are your hours this is earth a minute is a minute now we have two hours and six of your minutes it's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good yeah uh, um but yeah the kids morph um or rachel is the last one to morph um yep. and as sort of the squid uh instincts like kick off it's just uh all she can think about is that she is surrounded by other squid and that she is incredibly hungry mm-hmm. um she fires towards one of the others mm-hmm. um and um just like is gonna get the drop on it has them i'm going cassie is that cassie um and like goes to reach out 
Um, and Cassie jerks away and is just like, hey, just like, sorry, I was just, I know what you were just. I <laughs> had the same problem, but I didn't start to eat you. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, just, I love yeah. them. Mm -hmm. uh, there seems to be a theme in this book of Rachel losing control of her morphs. Uh, mm. Because we had it with the seagull and the whale and now the squid. Um, just, huh. Which makes sense because, like, she's very distracted. Mm hmm. And, yeah. Like, she's very in her own head. So I suppose it's easier for, to lose yourself in the uh, animal's instincts. Yeah. Because then you don't have to think about your shit. Mm hmm. Also, like, the one successful morph was an uh, elephant, and look what happened there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So. Uh. But they head down as a squadron of squid, um, and uh, aware that they are very much on a time crunch, um, and not only, not only that, uh, there is a point of no return here. The point beyond which we no longer have time to get back to the surface. Beyond that point, we either found the Pemolite ship or they get stuck as squid. Um, but Tobias can't find the ship again, which makes sense because, uh, <laughs> he was a whale then and now he's a squid and he's been up yeah, and down. Have the echo yeah, and he doesn't yeah. have the echolocation as a squid. Yeah. And he, and he starts berating himself like, I should have stayed whale. Mm hmm. I fucked up. Yeah. Um, I like the, the analogy here. Uh, the ship was huge, maybe 300 feet long, according to the Chi. But imagine you know where a 300-foot-long building is, then you leave the building and walk three miles through darkness. Now imagine finding your way back, blindfolded. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Axe reports that they have reached the point of no return. Uh, they either need to turn back or hope that they find the ship. Um, and Tobias is about ready to say, like, look, I don't know where the fuck this ship is. We need to bail. Um, and uh, then Cassie spies lights that are not the same phosphorescent fish that we have that they have seen before. Um, instead, it is a string of lights descending in a downhill line. Um, eight of them, uh, and they're Yerk ships. Um, but they imagine that the Yerks know where the Pemolite ship is because they got a signal. They're able to trace the signal. Um, and so they kind of follow the line to where the ships are heading and, um, and head there because that's where the ship's going to be. Um, they find the canyon first. Uh, they feel the ground open up beneath them, a vast deep canyon, and they are perched comfortably on a shelf just below the canyon lip. Glowing faintly green was what could only be a ship, not a human ship. Uh, it was, as the Chi had said, about 300 feet long. They had not told us what it looked like, but the faint green outline was strikingly clear. The Pemolite ship was shaped sort of like a clownish version of one of them, like someone had done a cartoon of a Pemolite exaggerating the vaguely canine head, 
making the slender hind legs stubby and the belly chubby. It looks like Snoopy, Cassie said. It did. Kind of. Like a huge, prone, faint green Snoopy. That's such um, a good individual. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Jake makes a quip about it's not exactly the blade ship, i.e. not imposing. Uh, and Cassie points out that Pemelites didn't build it to be a weapon. It's a toy. They built it for fun. Um, they get to the ship before the Yerks do. Uh, they enter in the super secret code. Um, and they're allowed entrance into the ship. Um, I love this detail of how they don't have to morph. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, like, they were told the environment was there, and they each get the ship creates like a little bubble of water mm-hmm. for them just that will then just bob around inside the ship. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredibly good. Yep. Um, and uh, so they, they each get their own little bubble, and so they like bob along uh, through this alien landscape. Um, it is compared to an Andalite dome ship in that it's got this, like, inside is basically this huge, uh, like, area of, like, a park. Um, uh, lush green and purple grass carpeted the floor, forming patterns, swirls, checkerboards, Picasso-like abstracts, and Van Gogh flowers. Trees and bushes in Crayola colors grew in thickets and hushed groves. A sparkling river meandered through the center of the ship, cascading down into a gentle waterfall and a rippling lake below. Everywhere there were inexplicable, brightly colored, gaily lit machines that could only be toys of some sort. Beside us, wafting through the air, were things like long, feathered snakes, projected on the arched ceiling far overhead, or patterns of clouds and skies like nothing on earth. After all the thousands of years, it was all still working. Only the dead silence lay as a grim reminder of a species lost. Um, they locate the bridge up ahead in a tree. Um, and well, I do like how snotty Axe is about it. He's like, super snotty. I get snotty. liking trees, but come on, just like, <laughs> um, just like, just like, where is the bridge? Kind of like your dome ship, Axeman, only cooler. Yes, well, we had to make room for weapons, which is why Andalites <laughs> still exist and Pemelites do not. Mark yep. is like, touchy, touchy. Just like, there must be a bridge. Even these space-going children had to have a bridge. <laughs> Cassie figures out that it's the tree. Like, this is absurd. The bridge has a, is a tree trunk. We Andalites love trees, but this is ludicrous. <laughs> Just, I, I love it so much. Yep. Uh, and then the, the, like, Axe begins to interact with the ship. The ship uses thought speak to talk to them. Greetings, friends. We are happy to have you aboard. However, we would not want you to access this panel. It is possible that you might accidentally do yourself harm, and that would be so sad. Axe punched in the number six. That is the correct code. Our concerns were misplaced. <laughs> now that we've penetrated their crack security, Marco said with a laugh. Many thanks, friend. You have now access to the control panel. Make your selection at your convenience. When you're finished, we hope you will join us in a game, a delightful meal, or simply relax and enjoy yourself. Like, I love these guys. The Pamelites are great, and everyone is wrong about them. Yep. Axe fixes the chi. um, uh, And then, 
seemingly out of nowhere, the chi destruct sequence is activated. <laughs> chi destruct chi destruct sequence has been activated. Are you sure this is what you want? All chi within range will self destruct in fifteen minutes. And everyone's like, "What the fuck, <laughs> Axe? What did you do?" <laughs> no, and Axe is like, that. "I didn't do anything." Yeah, like they're like, "What <laughs> happened?" I don't know. Um. <laughs> And then the walls of the ship go transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, and through the bulkheads, now transparent, and they, through the front viewport of the lead bug fighter, uh, they are presented with the hard, cold eyed face of an Andalite because Visor 3 is here. <laughs> Visor 3 is always here. And um, then we have this fucking moment of Kess like, they don't have the code. And Mark's like, the code is a single digit. <laughs> How long <laughs> do you think? Um, yeah. But the bug fighter, like, connects to the ship. Um, mm-hmm. like, uh, connecting its rear door to the outer hull of the Pemolite ship. And because mm-hmm. all the walls are transparent, the kids can see this Hulk Bajir attacks on um and Vissa three. Yep. Um and the kids, understandably, are freaking out because they can't morph out of squid into anything else because Vissa three can see them. Um and it's it's bad. They're getting flanked uh by more Hawk Bajir and Taxons uh in the decompression chamber. Tobias like they'll cut us to ribbons. Then we have Oh, dilemma. Oh, drama. Oh, the tension and excitement of it all. This, this, this person we're about to meet is a fuck, but I kind of love them. Yeah. I'm sorry. But yeah. They're, they're like, that's new voice. Um, and then who the, what the, where did that voice come from? Right here, Jake, from me, big Jake. Jake, the reluctant leader. Jake, the oh so tiresomely decent one. A sanctimonious killer. My least favorite kind. And Rachel's like the puppet master, the guy behind all this. And Jake's just like, come out and show yourself. I'm like, come out, come out wherever you are. Of course, I'll even come out with my hands up. And this creature moves on two legs, body held forward and balanced by a stubby tail, walking like a bird or a small dinosaur. It did hold its hands up, but they were weak, flimsy things, multiple jointed, but obviously designed for very light work or very low gravity. The head was surprising for that almost reptilian body, vaguely human in shape with a narrow lower jaw and wide-set, intelligent laughing eyes. It was wrinkled like your thumb after a long bath. Its flesh was dark, almost black. The eyes and mouths were rimmed in green. Tobias, I said, okay, all right, what is that? And he's like, I don't know. Um, Marco makes a crack about how it needs to be reported to the Prune Growers Association. It's just like, Oh, Marco, the funny one. How's mummy, Marco? Is she alive or is she dead? Does she scream with the yerk in her head? And Marco's ready to go punch a guy mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with tentacles. But, um, and they don't. They like stop and bend bouncing from the side of the bubble or it's something the creature is doing. Mm-hmm. And then this creature, I'm having a lot of fun voicing this. Somebody cast me as a villain because <laughs> I really want to play one. Um, all here together, Cassie the hypocrite, I don't believe in violence except when I do. 
Eximali, the pitiful pale shadow of his dead brother. If only you'd insisted on going with Elfangor, maybe he'd have lived. Too bad. And Tobias, ah yes, Tobias. The boy not really so trapped as a bird, eh, but too gutless to resume life as a human. And Rachel, my very favourite animal. Rachel, Rachel, do you feel the adrenaline rush of murderous desire? Do you feel the urge to reach out and destroy me? Of course you do. You and I have that in common. And Rachel's just like, who are you trying to ignore the fact that it's like seeing her like this? Mm -hmm. And the fact that it knows so much about all of them. Mm -hmm. And so like, all this thing has to do is tell the Yerks and it's done. It's like, haven't figured it out yet. Oh, so slow. Allow me to introduce myself. I am the Drode. It's a word from my species. It means wild card. Jake is the one that susses out. This is a creature of Cryak. I meanwhile, I'm just thinking of always sunny in Philadelphia, where Charlie screams wild card and jumps out the back of the van. So, uh, <laughs> uh, just like Cryak, you're his creature. Oh, very clever, big Jake, Prince Jake. Have you killed your brother yet? No. Well, you will. And Jake isn't rising to the bait here. He's just like Cryak sent you. Payback. And the drone just grins and then the grin disappears. Payback. You ruined his howlers, ruined his plans for the escort. Cryak doesn't like you, Big Jake. Any of you. And then it looks at Rachel, just like, although you have potential. And Rachel's like, I'd let that go. I don't want to think about what that means. <laughs> um, and Rachel lays it out. He, th this creature set it all up, set the, mal the she malfunction so they could escape from the mall. Uh, and she says killing the sperm whale and now starting a self-destruct for the chi. Whale killing? Me? No, no, no. That big lump on the beach just falls just over the line into sentience, and I never kill a sentient creature. Your whale will survive. And Jake's, and Axe is just like, yeah, it's the rules. You've got to live within the rules that govern the Elemist and Krayak. And the Drode clearly has very little patience for those because he's deeply unimpressed. He's like, oh, mustn't upset the balance. Not directly anyway, but create problems. Yes. Create opportunities. Yes. Play the wild card, of course. And now, no more time for chat. The Yerks are here for you. Will they kill you outright or will they make you controllers? I don't care. Either way, my master will reward me. And Cassie's like, I thought you couldn't kill sentient creatures. That's the rule, isn't it? But you set the self to trap for the chi. And the droid is just like, they're machines, you silly girl. Androids. And I was like, you're killing us. This is an impossible situation. We can't morph here in plain view of the Yerks. You know that. You know we can't fight back. That's the same as killing us. It's murder. And Dre's like, nonsense. There's always a way left for you. That's also part of the rules. Now, if you don't find it, well. And then it just like walks back behind a tree that's too narrow to conceal it, but it disappears. Mm -hmm. I really hope the drone shows up again. <laughs> I have good news I... for you. Yay! <laughs> I love this evil little fuck. <laughs> the fucking incarnation of I will cause problems on purpose. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Just, I'm sorry I had so much fun. I did no, not need it's to wonderful. leave all of that dialogue, but also... It's great. No. Also, um, it's fun having a nasty version of laying out all the stuff we discuss with frequency about the animal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like, oh shit, he doesn't even listen to the Escafil files. <laughs> <laughs> He's heard all our observations. <laughs> uh yeah. Mm. So 
the droid leaves, um, and the Animorphs are left facing uh, 20 or more Hork-Bajir, half a dozen Taxons, and Visser 3. Uh, so, you know, not great odds. Um, mm-hmm. Cassie comes up with the brilliant idea that if they ink in their bubbles, um, they'll be able to morph without the Yurks seeing them. Uh, which they all immediately do. Um, Axe only has to demorph, and we, we get that, that small knife in the wound of, of Jake telling Axe to demorph and Axe just being like, yes, Prince Jake, I know. Like, yes, it is my duty to throw my body in between my friends and all of their enemies so that they have enough time to morph into morphs that can fight. Like, Oh, buddy. As does Tobias, who was yeah. not asked to do so, but is doing it anyway, because yep. he doesn't have an in-between morph either. Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, his default, his usual self is already capable of mm-hmm. fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, they demorph, remorph into battle morphs. Um, Rachel uh, is enough air bare. in their bubbles mm-hmm. for them to still breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they yeah. face the Yerks um, as as their usual team. Um, the fight scene that follows is just really well written. Um, this ghostwriter mm. knows how to write a fucking action scene. Yes, um, it's incredible. It, yeah, it is snappy. It's just brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's it's just really very good. Um, uh, we everyone, have this great moment with this mm-hmm. uh, between Rachel and a hawk bajir, mm-hmm. um, and like get this script. For one brief moment, our eyes met, and suddenly, eerily, we were more than warriors on separate sides. We were each other, and for a frozen moment, the world went still. And then, the attacking commences, and we get this great detail of this hawk bajir slashing at her, and Rachel just punches. <laughs> in the face mm-hmm. um, what a human would do not a grizzly bear because she doesn't have the leverage to slash mm-hmm. so just like pops a pops a HB in the face yep um, um, but everyone Visa is losing three start, yeah and Visa 3 is morphing into something big mm-hmm. um, the drode is just like ah wonderful lovely perfect i love the smell of battle oh jake are you dead yet (laughs) um and rachel's just like i'm gonna take you down (laughs) he's just like you know craig could use you rachel why stay with these weaklings you're already more like us than them a job offer how nice yes isn't it you can survive this debacle. Just do us one small favor. Kill your Tyson cousin. Cryek would like to see that. So would I. Kill Jake. And Rachel laughs it off. Kill Jake. Nah, I'd rather, I think I'd rather kill you. Uh, she lunges for the droid who dodges and Rachel's momentum sends her careening into a pair of Hawk Bajir. Um, and then, um, there is a blur of steel and ivory. Um, right with amongst them racing for the tree, uh, Visa three, uh, tries to slap at it, uh, but just blocks shot. And it's Eric here. Mm-hmm. Drode is very upset with this turn of events in dis- groaning in disbelief. Um, Eric 
hit something onto or punch something into the control panel. And then everyone starts moving real slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ship's thoughts speak. I was like, Danielle can continue being the ship. I get to be the <laughs> shitty little alien. <laughs> she self-destruct disabled. <laughs> she self-destruct disabled, and we are very sorry to say that the hostility containment program has been activated. What a shame to spoil our lovely time with fighting. Once repairs have been made on all injured parties, we will have to ask you to leave the ship. <laughs> I love them. It's so good. <laughs> and I love like um the drone is like and you wonder why Craig destroyed the Pamelites. Oh, no, that's not the voice I was doing. And you wonder why Craig destroyed the Pamelites. What tedious creatures they were. Pacifist androids. What is the point of machines that cannot kill? They could have ruled the galaxy with their cheers, warriors. Um, but yeah, the battlefield is frozen. Only Eric and the Drode can move. Eric just like takes Tobias, who had been like grabbed by a hawk bajir. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the drode like comes right up to Rachel and whispers in her ear, your friends are all relieved. Are you, are you happy that peace has been restored or don't you itch for the chance to press those deadly claws against another six inches forward to tear open that exposed throat? The drode smiled, cruel, smirking. If you ever find yourself desperate, Rachel, at the end, in need, remember this. Your cousin's life is your passport to salvation in the arms of Freyak. And then it's gone. Um, and then the ship just gently, politefully, regretfully bundles the Yerks, including a very pissed off Visa 3 who can't do shit, uh, <laughs> back into the bug fighters. And he's like being very busy. I'll kill you all. I'll take the ship apart. Peace by peace. I'll be back and nothing will stop me. You'll all die. And like, and whoever runs the ship, I'll kill you all. Just repeating itself again, mm-hmm. himself again and again. And the ship is so chill. We are so sorry you had a bad time. Perhaps we can meet again someday and enjoy some pleasant activities together. Uh, and then once the Yerks are gone, uh, the, the, the ship Ash, is yeah. just like, okay, now you guys need to leave too. No, no, really. Please, please leave. Please leave. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and it, and Rachel reflects on this. That it only took 10 minutes for Eric to get there. Mm-hmm. And just like, yeah, nah, if the Chi, the Chi could destroy the galaxy, like mm-hmm. the Pemelites could have used them to do that. Um, and Eric moves the Pemelite ship once they're all off to a depth that only an android can reach. And mm-hmm. they head home. They tell their separate lies to various parents, and every one of them is grounded. <laughs> um, Rachel observes it, doesn't think anyone minded. And she, like, debating with herself if she should tell Jake about the Drode's offer. Um, but she decides not to, because she would never ever give in, because uh, she knows herself, she knows her limits, um, but also is aware but what Krayak and the droids see in her, Jake knows about it. Um, he trusts, he might, and he trusts her, but there might come a time when he would doubt. 
and and she observes that he's got enough to worry about. And I love that re- that understanding that Rachel has painted with here. Just like she knows she wouldn't do that, mm-hmm. but Jake would think she would. Mm-hmm. Or he might not now, but he could. Yeah, and it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be that he thinks that she would. It's he doesn't have that certainty that she mm-hmm. has. He there would there's so room for doubt. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And in that room for doubt is just room for all sorts of other bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but we, we need to get our kickflip into the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, so despite being grounded, uh, <laughs> Rachel was still allowed to go running. Mm-hmm. Um, goes down to the beach. Uh, and there's no trace of where the sperm whale had been. Apparently on the news said it was, there was a, freak shift in wind that brought a tidal surge tidal surge that lifted the whale free um that point uh she feels a shadow pass over her that she doesn't even look up to she keeps running figures she can find a hidden spot somewhere up ahead and morph uh but a couple of minutes later uh tt arrives jogging up after her and he's like hey rachel and she's just like what uh, and he's like, well, I was just wondering, wondering what? Well, if you maybe you want to go to the movies with me after all, he said nervously, glancing at me. My stomach twitched. He really was cute and so normal, so not to bias. He had almost certainly never eaten a mouse. On the other hand, he'd never sp- uh, morphed a sperm whale and gone to the bottom of the ocean while his brain was reeling with barely suppressed terror, So just so he could look out for me. I opened my mouth to say sure. Instead, I said, how do you speak English? Hey, do you speak English? How many ways do I have to say no? He called me a name I've been called before. Then he took off. I was pretty sure he wouldn't ask me again. Tobias, by King, from the sky goes, hey, he was cute. Maybe <laughs> um, <laughs> just like, oh, shut up, you mouse-eating freak. Um, and Tobias laughs because he knows not to take that seriously. I heard that. Heard what he called you, too. The guy is perceptive as well as cute. I know. I'm going to get some wings and come on up there. Keep an eye out for me. I always will, he said. And then I cry. I, I, I'm I, dead. Mm-hmm. Dead. Yeah, fair. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the book. Oh, I'm just seeing the art that you put in the mm-hmm. Yeah. That's dope as hell. Yeah. Oh my god, look at this evil little fuck. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, somebody really had fun with the one with the cards, I've got to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These, these are great. I love these. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god, that last one. <laughs> <laughs> This is incredible. Yeah. What the actual fuck? This is great. <laughs> Look at these motherfuckers. <sighs> great. Incredible. I'm not going to be able to think about anything else. <laughs> I'm just looking at this. <laughs> I should find the right. links for those. Uh, but yeah. Um, 
That was book 27. The that was book 27. Um, it's, I continue to die about Tobias just like willing to watch Rachel's back, whether that means just keeping an eye out so nobody sees her morphing or morphing a sperm whale to dive into the depths of the ocean to keep an eye on her. Like, There's this post in the rounds on Tumblr at the moment. I've seen it a couple of times. Uh, Lord of the Rings Fellowship, the moment where Aragorn says to Frodo, like gives the ring back to him. The film is 20 years old. Deal with it. Uh, <laughs> you haven't seen it. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, do. Can recommend. And it's just like, I would have gone with you to the end. Mm-hmm. And Frodo being like, I know. But uh, it talks about how uh, there's some commentary underneath about lover's duty. Um, mm-hmm. It's just real good. Like a very old, it's like, I suppose like very classical literature kind of thing, but what makes a king? And it's just like how our love manifests. I don't want to focus too much on love languages because the person who came up with that is not great. But the way Tobias expresses his love. Mm-hmm. And whether he feels like it's the only thing he can do. But he thinks so little. Or, not, you know, that's the phrasing. He thinks so little about, yeah, of course I'll do it. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. I do it? Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. always going to be. I've always got your back. Mm-hmm. It isn't a question for him. It isn't even. I mean, it is a choice he makes, but it's not maybe like even a confidence. Like, yeah, well, of course, mm-hmm. absolutely. Why? W- why wouldn't I do that? The notion of not doing that is anathema to him. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's uh... makes you cry every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I die. I. Cannot, I, I, I can't handle hey, it. Hey, Danielle. Uh-huh. H- how much has Tobias influenced, like, multiple of your characters that you've played over the years? Oh, just so much. Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know Sia, but I know a wine. Mm-hmm. And they're just there, just like, oh, look at Danielle with their ass out here on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... A wine and seer in particular are very, very heavy with Tobias in them. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a reason we talk about shit being formative as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. like certain things we imprint on them. They mm-hmm. become so integral to how we think about like characterization and things like that. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's good. I, I tease because I love it. So. Yeah. It's. I I just really love him as a character um in terms of uh like connecting with his self-image but also just like he he's the most ride or die motherfucker. Um I think I mean, we yeah. touched on this briefly um when we talked about the defining trait of andalites. Mhm. Mhm. And how Tobias, while not literally, I mean, currently he's a bird, but like 
how much of who he is and that need or that desire and drive is because of Elfangor being his father. Mm-hmm. And like the whole nature versus nurture debate, but like in stories and things like that, it's interesting to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. And like when we think about why Tobias and Axe vibe so hard why they are shams mm-hmm. <sighs> yep <Nah. laughs> oh huh it's interesting that unless Krayak doesn't know which seems unlikely and now why not bring up who Tobias's dad is and when he's being whether the stuff about like being too much mm. of a coward to be a human is mm. the thing that will hit harder I guess. Yeah, probably that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, there's also a, like, it's not, I don't think it's explicitly st- said, uh, where between books 24 and 33 that Tobias tells everyone what he learned. Um, mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely does it in that range. And I think most people assume it was sometime in book 25, mm-hmm. the extreme. Um, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, or at least that that's when he tells Axe. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, Lying it's about this. Snoopy looking ship. I shouldn't have magnified the image. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really cute. It's um, incredibly cute. <laughs> uh, all right. Why don't we let's let's begin to wrap this up. Um, yeah, let's let's do our questions. I think we we talked about this discussion point that I have listed here about how Rachel's internal conflict compares to twenty two. Um, which is, you know, she's still struggling with this idea that she loves the fight, Mm. but I think, I think it's less the, it's less the conflict of, um, oh, everyone kind of expects me to be this person and Mm -hmm. I am choosing this role to keep them safe and more Mm. like, Okay, but how far down this road am I actually gonna go? Yeah, it feels like in 22, it's more about, it's much more focused on how the others see her. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is more like self awareness. Like, what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. And like the, the whole book is all about like, like you said about themes, about being crushed, about fear, about mm-hmm. being suffocated. It just does feel like it's a very more like, reflective in mm-hmm. in the internal sense rather than her part in the group mm-hmm. so because at this point it's like less that this isn't there aren't comments about how she's seen by the others mm-hmm. it's demonstrated but she doesn't comment on it in the way right. she does in 22 mm-hmm. it's much more about the way she thinks about things mm-hmm. so yeah yeah um, all right. Possible rankings. Plot. 
I'd say pretty high. Like yeah. it's a solid plot. It's engaging. Even the fact that they have like a baked in reason for why, oh well that was convenient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I liked it. It felt very tight, very Yeah, you you but mm-hmm. there was no wasted stuff. Yeah. I felt good. Yeah. Yeah, I would rate it very high. Um, mm-hmm. Just like it's it's a very solid romp, I guess. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. necessarily it doesn't necessarily have like a whole lot uh, to do no. with the greater plot, except for the droid showing up at the end. Um, yeah, to to relate to it, like I wouldn't say it was essential reading necessarily, mm-hmm. um, but it's real good insight into Rachel. And if you like like world law or universe law. Uh-huh. Like for all the stuff you learned about, like the chi and the pebbleites, yeah, and also like the introduction of the drode, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Um, characterization. I feel like is middle of the road because I like how Rachel's written and I like how yeah, like Tobias is written, but I don't like how Jake is written. Yeah, like if you were to go on a character character basis, there are a couple that rank really high. But like Jake is so poorly characterized in this, I feel like you say it brings. He's so aggressive. Down. Yeah, that's what bugs me. Yeah, like so aggressive, and I appreciate like the whole like to like what I was just saying about the plot being snappy. The whole episode, episode, the whole book is very like you're aware they are on such a time crunch, mm-hmm. which is a thing that tends to make him a little bit snappier. But, like, they've been in more dire situations and he hasn't been like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were just so. on Iskjort and, like, mm-hmm. he wasn't like that. No. Uh, um, enjoyability or satisfaction? For all my frustrations with elements of it, I did find it really strong and, like, a page-turner, page-scroller, mm-hmm. as the case may be. <laughs> um... So yeah, I'd say pretty high, but mm-hmm. my frustrations bring down the overall rating for sure. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm probably going to always feel like this was just like, oh, good Rachel stuff, but God, did Jake upset me in this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that definitely like pulls it down in my estimation. Yeah. yeah. Um, same. Um, it's I definitely enjoyed this book more than I remembered. Um, mm-hmm. just like I, from what I remembered, it was a bit forgettable. Like I remembered the bit about like, uh, Rachel, um, fixing the, the straw draw and Tobias going mm-hmm. with her. Um, but, and I remembered the droid had something to do with it, but I, mm-hmm. uh, didn't remember most of the details. It was kind of just like, oh yeah, it's. The weird one where she's a squid on the cover. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I found it very enjoyable to read. Um, snappy, uh, mm. engaging, um, kept your attention. Those, those action scenes did a lot of work in terms mm-hmm. of like really making it a page turner, like you said. Um, it was really good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Favorite part. That's hard for mm-hmm. this. Like some parts exceptionally well written. Really loved that fucking 
journey to the bottom of the sea, voyage to the bottom of the sea, 20,000 leagues <laughs> under the sea. No, that's escargot. Actually, calamari is octopus. That was great. Um, mm-hmm. I think what might be my favorite part is that description of the ocean. Mm. And just like yeah. Rachel reflecting on that and Tobias sort of reaching out to her. Mm-hmm. It's such a good bit of writing. Yeah. And also just like being, getting Rachel's take on that as well. Mm-hmm. I think that, that bit really stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think mine might be, I don't know, it's kind of like a, a three way tie because I really like the part mm-hmm. where they're just like diving down. Um, mm-hmm. And particularly when they come back up and they're convincing themselves to do it again. And they're both mm. just like, man, I really don't want to fucking do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but willing to be there for each other. Um, and the, the straw draw before Jake mm. steps in, just like that, that unspoken conversation between the two of them. Uh, Tobias yeah. immediately knows what Rachel is wanting from him. Mm-hmm. And then his immediate, like, good. His immediate volunteering himself to go with her mm-hmm. is yeah. very good. Um, yeah. and like, I wish, I wish it had delved a little bit more into, um, the, because she, cause they met, they mention that, or, or she, she talks about how, um, it scared her and that's part of why she wants to go is because mm-hmm. it scares her. But I wish they had like dug into that just a little bit more and tied it back to like her claustrophobia and like this thing that has uh, affected me before and like I need to learn how to fight it and I can't let the others think that I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, I think would have really cinched it for me. Um, because I think Tobias sees that in her. And I think that's what he's responding to here is he knows that she's afraid and he knows that she's wanting to go in spite mm. of that. And so he wants to be there for her. Um, yeah. uh, and then this just, this last little bit is, is chef's uh-huh. kiss. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my, my little shipper heart, uh, mm-hmm. just breaks for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm also a sucker for like snarky banter. It's a uh-huh. look. Much ado about nothing. Beatrix and Benedict is my jam, <laughs> and I like me when people are snarky at each other, but would like burn down the world for each other. Also, she's mm-hmm. like, I'm allowed to talk to them like that. Who the fuck do you think you are? Uh huh. I I cherish this person with every fiber of my being, and that's why I call them a dipshit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just exposing my my characterization choices now. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> yeah. If I refer to you as trouble as a person, I like you. That's like <laughs> my, my friends are trouble. That's why it's always a term of endearment with me. It's like ah, that, there they are. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did anything surprise you? 
wasn't quite expecting the uh, little megalomaniac fuck who's just like, <laughs> I love being evil. It's great. I get paid to do this. <laughs> I was not expecting that. And I was just like, this is great. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. Like, again, I, I like people like, like trickster characters in my bread and butter. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, like I like we got these two flips on like chaos fey vibes. Uh -huh. Just like here we have the sealy court with the with the chi, and here we have this little unsealy bastard <laughs> here to <laughs> to fuck things up. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm very happy about the drone. I'm sure there are people that hate this character, and I can understand it because he's awful. But I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, <laughs> this little gremlin, come yeah. to me. Yeah, he he's he's the motherfucker that every time he shows up, you're like, oh man, this motherfucker, <laughs> ah, this motherfucker, that tool. <laughs> uh, uh, what about you? Was there anything that caught you by like on the reread? Like, oh dang, uh, not really. I I mentioned I didn't remember a whole lot about the book. Um, the I didn't remember the the fight in the like the the warehouse or whatever the fuck it was at all mm. um uh i was a little surprised at how quick the time turnaround was i didn't remember that at all that mm. this was all like essentially within the same day um, yeah. uh and i definitely didn't remember jake being such an asshat uh but that's mm. more that's less content um yeah uh was there any part that didn't make sense to you or that you didn't understand? No, I don't think so. Good. Um, not that we haven't already like picked apart from like a writing perspective mm -hmm. rather than a, mm -hmm. like that content perspective. Yeah. Uh, and do you think it's essential Animorphs reading? I'm really glad I read it, mm -hmm. which should not necessarily be my metric for if it's essential. Uh, and I think in terms of the overarching plot, it's not. Um, if you've read a couple of animals and you love Rachel, yes. If you're a mm -hmm. Rachel fan, I would argue it's definitely one you should read. In the grand scheme of things, I don't know mm -hmm. whether... I don't feel like you'd lose a lot not reading this one. Yeah, you don't. you don't really lose anything that you wouldn't get from later books. Um, mm -hmm. but this, this introduction of the Drode and specifically of Krayak making this personal against mm. Jake. Yeah. Um, is important because it's going to continue to come up again and again and again. Um, mm -hmm. like, Krayak is so fucking mad at Jake. <laughs> It's <laughs> like this little shit. Yeah. Um so uh like you 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 will catch on in later books when the droid reappears that this is why. Um but it's nice to have it like all spelled out here and also mm -hmm. like the I like getting the the perspective on the the rules of the game so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, that the droid lays out. Um, but overall, I don't think it's necessarily essential. Um, mm. But highly recommended. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. So that's book 27. Book 28 is The Experiment. The experiment. Book 28 is some ghostwriter deciding to push their anti-meat agenda into Animorphs, and it's just fucking dumb. I just opened the PDF to look at the cover, and Axe is turning into a cow, and I do not like where this is going. No, uh, it's bad. Um, I don't, I don't remember most of it. I do remember there's one extremely hilarious bit. Um, mm-hmm. but also it's just like weirdly heavy-handed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In in that way that like the ghostwriter is trying to make a point, TM. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, otherwise fairly harmless. I think uh, it'll be okay. it'll be interesting. All right. Uh, all right. All right. Um, my co-host has been Danielle. They rock. You can find them online <laughs> uh, in most spaces at Red Tailed Hawk ninety, uh, and their home podcast uh, is the Room Where It Happened. You can find that at Room Where Pod. Uh, actual play shenanigary. Their current season is like in its final arc, but uh, mm-hmm. check it out because uh, you can jump on on season three and mm-hmm. uh, see uh, what should I've got some idea of what it might be, and I'm like mm, very eyes emoji about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. check out uh, the rumor happened. Good shit. Yeah, we're we're fixing to do uh it's supernatural underworld in Appalachia. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna play Urban's Shadows, which is gonna be really fun. Um I emoji but faster. <laughs> My co host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. Uh you can find them on their home podcast, Follow the Leader, uh, which is FT- at FTLcast on Twitter. Um, if you enjoy just really great characterization across a variety of different universes, if you're a fan of AUs of any kind, uh, you will definitely like their podcast um, because you, you really get to know their characters in a variety of situations. Uh, and it is... Uh, Amazing to listen to, and Jade in particular makes phenomenal characters that I adore. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, uh, I should mention Dumb Kids as that yeah. season is also yes. Uh, Dumb Kids is concluding its second season. We're about to go into our third season. Still the same game, uh, just things getting you know worse, like they do in Animorphs. Um, uh, but you can check out that on Twitter at DKPHpod um, or just find Dumb Kids Playing Hero on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, Alrighty. Alright. Let's, let's do a clap. Let's, let's clap. Uh, uh, 20? 20? 20. 20.